welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who, again, does not need an introduction because he's got way too many things that's associated with him, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing tonight? Um, Mr. Clark, I'm doing, I'm doing incredibly well. And I feel like I should introduce you as the number one Kraken fan, Rick Clark on this podcast oh. here today. So how I, are, uh, how are you feeling after, uh, we'll take a little break from Mariners baseball, but how are you feeling after Sunday night's festivities? I, uh, cloud nine, cloud nine. It's been kind of rough being a sports, uh, Seattle sports fan. Um, the last couple days, you know, the Mariners hit a bit of a skid and, uh, but you know, it, it's kind of on the rebound right now. Mariners got the game, uh, winner on Sunday from Cal Raleigh. Uh, the Seahawks had a really good draft and the Kraken come in and, uh, they're facing off went seven games with the defending Stanley cup champions, the, uh, Colorado avalanche and, they were able to pull it off and I'm, I'm riding cloud nine on that. It was, um, such a fun series to watch. Um, there were a few injuries, some of them very unfortunate. Um, uh, you know, prayers out, thoughts and prayers out to, uh, I know I got you laughing on that one, but, uh, and, uh, Andrew Cogliano of the avalanche. I don't know if you saw Bo, in game six, he kind of took a check from Eberly, and you know, watching the the play back, it didn't look like Eberly like hit him hard, mm-hmm. but he was down far enough that he got spiked into the boards head first. They took him back, and it was it was crazy because um, he ended up coming back to the game. It's it looked like they had just given him a concussion test and said, oh, "Okay, you're good." Next day, it comes out. You know, I'm sure he woke up sore and he's like, I need to go get this checked out. He had a fractured neck. Yikes. You know, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully he can recover and it's not a career ender. Um, you know, it, it's really scary thinking back now, you know, looking at it and going, why was he back on the ice? You know, but, um, you know, while there was a couple moments like that, Mariner, or the Kraken had uh, Jared McCann take a pretty, pretty hard one that ended up getting Kale Makar. Suspended. With all that being said, Game 7 was everything that I thought it'd be. Um, Phil Grubauer had an excellent game. A lot of clutch saves. Um, the Kraken were gifted a, um, a goal that got uh, taken off the board because of an offsides. And um, after that happened, it just kind of deflated the uh, the air in Colorado and, and the Avalanche just couldn't come back. Um, Colorado in every sport seems to be taking L's from Seattle. I I really think Seattle needs to get the Sonics back so the Nuggets can start taking L's too. But uh, you know between the uh, the Seahawks getting uh, or fleecing the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade, um, the Mariners sweeping the Rockies a few weeks ago, and now the Kraken, um, you know, sending home the defending. Um, Stanley Cup champions. I, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good time to be a Seattle fan, and not a very good time to be a Colorado fan. So, 
Yeah. I like it. I like it. No, it was, uh, yeah, it was fun to watch, uh, fun to watch some crack and hockey. And, uh, I feel like the team's rallied. I feel like the city's rallied around it. Everybody's rallied around it. I see cracking stuff everywhere I go now. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, man, no, it's a good time to be a Seattle sports fan. Yep. You were telling me they were lighting off fireworks after the game. There were you some know? definite, there were some definite, um, yeah, bottle rockets or something going on right after the game. Yeah, pretty close to us. So that was definitely, definitely related to to the Kraken. So people are excited. Yep. I, you know what? Next time I'm over there, I think we need to go investigating because they kept uh, during, it was actually during game six too, but game six and game seven, they had a camera in the Queen Anne uh, beer hall. The beer hall, yep. The beer hall. Yeah. I think we need to go check that out. I'm just saying it looked like a, a hop in place. Might so, have to, might have to. Yep. Well, that's, that's on our list of uh, places to go to also behind the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? The Lariat bar. We still haven't done that yet. I, I know. I but, know. So many things. You know, yep. So many things. So, so many things, so little time when I come over there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> before we get into today's podcast, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. Um, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, hey, thanks for choosing us. And hopefully, you know, Bo and I, um, our podcast uh, is your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting better at it. We're, we're, I think this is episode 32 today. Um, and we're, we're having fun with it. We're having fun bringing this information to the masses. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys are enjoying what we're putting out. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, search Forks Down Podcast. Um, you can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. That'll notify you when we're dropping new episodes. Uh, right now we're on a, uh, two a week schedule. Um, we're dropping on Tuesdays. So this episode will come out on a Tuesday. And then we've also got, we call it a shorter episode, but like last week we, we went almost an hour. But, uh, you know, our Friday episode detailing the weekend series, usually, um, you know, that comes out on Friday and, and that's usually a shorter episode. We'll sometimes we'll get, you know, longer episodes out of those if, if we need to, um, you know, depends on the news coming out of the Mariners. Um, and I know, Bo, coming up, we're going to probably talk about, um, you know, the AL West situation because, um, you know, the Rangers are doing real well. Uh and everyone else is kind of not. So <laughs> I feel like there's a bit to talk about there. But anyways, yeah, go hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. Maybe drop us a five-star rating um, if you can. Uh, it's not for our egos, but it'll help us get up the charts a little bit, get us more visible, and ultimately that's what we want. You know, the more the merrier to come and join us on our Forks Down um, broadcast. So, um. Anyways, let's get into it, Bo. Speaking of Forks Down, our namesake. Did you see the new City Connect jerseys? Are, have you purchased a City Connect jersey yet, I should ask? Um, no purchasing of a City Connect jersey yet. Um, been thinking about it, but um, I might just hold for right now. I might get something eventually, maybe the next time I'm there, maybe that Pirate series. I can't remember the next game I'm going to be able to go to, but... Um, yeah, I might hold off to right now, but probably something. Have you have you been eyeing something? Is there one particular? Do you have a Raleigh jersey yet, or is it? Not yet. 
Not yet. Okay. I'm going to get a Raleigh jersey eventually, but I think uh, I think I'm going to want like a uh, regular home jersey for a Raleigh jersey. Okay. You know, um, if I do a City Connect jersey, I'd probably I'd probably get a Julio. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want a hat though. Gotcha. You know, um, I, I really like the hat that came out with the City Connect. I know there's been a lot of fans that are kind of up and down on the City Connect jerseys right now. Um, you know, everyone's got their opinions just because in the past, the City Connect jerseys, like, I don't know if you saw Texas's, but Texas's was awful. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the, the lettering on there was just funky. Um, some people, it's very split on teams like the, uh, the Padres with their, like color scheme, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's like eighties neon retro people. I don't know. Very split on that. I thought like probably before the Mariners came out, I thought um, the white Sox probably, probably had a really, really clean looking city connect Jersey. Um, but yeah, they're just either people love them or they hate them. And there's no in between. It's the world we live in now, Richard. It's the world we live in now. So anyways, I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, one person that's going to be, uh, probably repping that city connect Jersey, uh, come May 5th when they, uh, get to wear them on the field against the Astros. T-Tram Taylor Trammell was, uh, activated. And, um, as we're going to get into it, you know, a little bit later, he played a very, very big role in Sunday's win. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I feel like our Mariners notes here, they're all kind of based around activities that kind of happened over the, over the weekend series against the Blue Jays, or at least most of many ways. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, Taylor Trammell, I was actually a little surprised. I guess I, maybe I thought Trammell was going to come back a little bit later. Maybe I didn't follow the news as closely, but um, I was a little surprised when he got activated kind of that quickly. Um, but he played a massive role in that game on Sunday to uh, hit us a grand slam and, get us out of this scoring funk that we've been in. So played a massive part mm-hmm. in it. Yep. It, it was, uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was really weird. And I can't remember who the first, um, journalist that kind of tweeted that he was in Toronto, but, um, they didn't make any moves at the start of the morning, mm-hmm. but we were getting reports that P tram was in Toronto and was looking to play, but they, uh, hadn't announced any moves. And I think the move they made was really shocking just because um, he had such a great game and we were kind of wondering, you know, why Easton McGee got pulled out after six and two thirds, um, only gave up one hit. You know, he came out after the hit to Matt Chapman and it kind of, kind of bothered me because I'm like, oh man, he probably had some more in the tank. Come to find out, um, right forearm strain, they put him on the IL, which is very, very unfortunate because Easton McGee had a heck of a game on, on Saturday. Yes, he did. Yep. The, uh, I mean, they were calling it the best Mariner pitcher debut of all time. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it's just, uh, it's difficult to, it's difficult to, um, Cause like just how bad the offense played that day. I just felt heartbroken for the kid that they didn't give him any run support whatsoever, but yeah, seven swings and misses and against, um, you know, that team in particular, right. Um, 
it was just uh just a phenomenal performance to see what he was able to do mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> i thought that kind of he had that two seamer and the fastball i think working pretty well and i thought his command was just really well as well right like i thought that he was able to put his pitchers where he wanted them to and um I was uh, I was pretty impressed. I think we saw and I thought we saw a lot of pitches from him, too. So that's kind of I don't know. it will be fun to see once he does get back from the IL, if he's able to make him carve himself out a spot in this rotation. I know with another transaction we're going to be talking about, there might be some debate about where that other pitcher is going to come from. But um, Mm -hmm. it was uh, it was great to see. And I think it was also a little bit of a surprise. I think we maybe mentioned last week, like he's been getting a lot of innings in Tacoma and he might be the next guy up. and uh he ended up being it and um yeah no very very good performance i just wish we would have scored more runs yep. yeah we talked about felix or uh kirby getting felix in philadelphia you know he he definitely got felix in toronto east of mcgee did and i'm hoping he comes off uh the il even better than you know him going on because he had a very great performance um i don't know there's there was some speculation that this might have been roster manipulation. Um, I on who for who for who for for what that that they wanted to bring up you know T Tram because of the Julio thing. So Easton um, was placed on the IL even though you know right forearm strain it probably wasn't a serious and needed to go on the IL, but um, they put him on the IL they, so they could activate T Tram. Just because Julio, they didn't know where Julio was at. Um, again, I don't. I it was only speculation. I I can't call to the validity of it, but um, you know, it'd be it'd be no worse than what you know taking going going back to hockey here. No worse than someone like Tampa Bay putting uh, Nikita Kucherov on the uh, on the shelf all season, so they didn't have to pay him, but they could bring him back to the playoffs. So. Hmm. <laughs> anyways that that was a pretty pretty random uh, uh reference there but anyways <laughs> um uh, another move that was made um you know kind of to bring up easton mcgee was diego castillo originally was optioned to C- tacoma um we found out with uh today's transaction of bryce miller coming up from double a arkansas that castillo wasn't just optioned he was dfa'd and went through waivers. He's in Tacoma now, but he's not on the 40 man anymore. But uh, Bryce Miller is going to get a shot on Tuesday facing the Oakland Athletics. Um, Bo, how, ex- how excited are you that um, Bryce Miller is finally getting a chance at the major league level? You know, I'm actually excited in the, this, this, this move to me feels like, um, I mean, he did have he, he did have 10 starts, I think. Uh, yeah, 10 starts in uh, Arkansas last year, did pitch 50 innings in Arkansas. So he did have a little bit of more seasoning than a couple others down there that I thought it might have been. I thought Brian Wu might have maybe Brian Wu has been looked. I thought Brian Wu has looked better than Miller this far, but I'm not surprised mm-hmm. just given the number of starts that Miller's had a double A. Um, but uh, I think the Mariner fans should be excited about this due to like, this shows to me that like, the Mariners service time manipulation and, you know, really trying to plead out players for like, you know, as much time as they can, it's kind of gone out the window. This kind of feels to me like we have a window of opportunity. We're going to try to call some guys up and see what they got. 
And Mm -hmm. I think that they've kind of pinpointed it at the right time. I thought that maybe like there would be a starter that shows up maybe on Friday to fill an Easton McGee spot. But um, this is exciting because he's going to be facing a a team in Oakland, the Oakland athletics that has had some struggles to call it understatement to call it a struggle. Um, So I think that that's a, I think that's a very good start to put Bryce Miller kind of ease him into with more or less is against the athletics and yeah, this is one of our top guys that we've had the last couple of years. I would say that his numbers thus far at Arkansas haven't looked, I would say, as good. But um, you know, I think <clears throat> I think where I'm definitely more than willing to like give him a shot and see what kind of, kind of comes out of it this game in Oakland. So mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty excited. Mid 90s fastball, decent slider, decent changeup. We're going to see a couple different pitches and um, see what he can do against the A's. Should be a lot of fun. Yep, it should be. It should be that Oakland A's team. Um... Only has five wins, if I remember correctly. They're five and twenty-three right now, and we're gonna get into previewing them. But um, not looking the greatest, so definitely a good, good team for Bryce Miller to come up and face. And you know, hopefully he can deal. He's gonna be, you know, as we're gonna preview, he's gonna be facing another starter that just came up for the A's. So um, should be fun. Um, Julio is dealing with some back tightness right now. Came about in Sunday's game. It doesn't sound like it's super serious. Um, they sat him out Sunday's game to kind of give him a day off, include you know an extra day on because they have Monday off today. They have off, um, and and that's good to see that um, they're kind of giving some of their starters a rest. Um, Julio uh, Julio sat out the last couple games. Ty France came off the bench a couple games. I think Ty France, him coming off the bench, they said he wasn't feeling great. Right. But um, I think that was more um, just because he's going through a slump. Um, and and so he kind of spelled first base. We saw Sam Haggerty over at first base. But, um, you know, I think it was a good call on Scott uh, to to sit Julio for a couple days just so, you know, it doesn't progress into something that he needs to go to the IL for. Yep. Agreed. But it's also the same. I would say that I think Julio dealt with some back issues last year too, if I remember correctly. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know what to make with it. I think there were some comments just like, well, if you didn't try to swing for the fences every single time, maybe he wouldn't have back issues. And I feel like (laughs) I I, I get that, but like, that's just who Julio is. But um, I don't know. He's a 22 year old kid. Um, that I'm not super worried about his health right now. Like he'll, I think he'll, I think he'll work it out and you know what, maybe he needs another day or two off, but um, I'm hopeful that listen to Scott, that everything's fine and he'll come back and we wouldn't even think anything of it. So that's my hope there. Yep. 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 I'm sure he's going to get the start come Tuesday against Oakland. Um, You know, I, I know he's probably chomping at the bit sitting out. I'm sure Ty Francis chomping at the bit too. Um, just because, you know, he wants to go out there and prove that he can turn around uh, his little slump there. So um, let's get in the Blue Jays series. Um, first few games weren't great offensively. Um, Friday's game was Luis Castillo versus Alec Manoa. And um, they had a very good battle, I thought. You know, it was it was two, two, um, when they both came out. So neither of them factored into the decision. They got, they got no decisions there. Um, and I, I thought the pitching duel itself 
um, was very good. Luis Castillo did give up a home run um, and a couple walks. He did only K four, but uh, went five innings and and um, you know didn't have quite a Lapedra day, but uh, surely gave the Mariners a chance to win it. Yeah, I think he get, well certainly gave him a chance. I I, I think that um, I don't know how you felt, but I just felt like. Toronto did a pretty good job in this game, getting to him, getting to him early. When I was watching the game, it just was like three, two count Brandon mm-hmm. belt fouling off a lot of fouling off a lot of foul balls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys making foul balls, making him pitch a lot of pitches. It just like every single time it looked up, it felt like it was a three ball count or yeah, mm-hmm. or, you know, somewhere in there. So I think like credit to Toronto just felt like they were, they, had a little bit of a book on him and wanted to get to the bullpen. Um, and they didn't, but I mean, sorry, they did, but it didn't really matter too much on this day just because the Mariners offense, um, you know, just went, uh, went dormant again after the, after the third inning. So, yeah. um, yeah. It and I, was... I guess I, I guess I would, I would say that I didn't really think Manoa was great in this game. Like I thought Manoa was okay, but, yeah, I, I don't know. He's 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 continuing to struggle more so than I think. You know, obviously what we got to saw what we saw out of Luis. So it was. I wish we would have gotten to him more. I guess that's what I'm saying. We yeah. we had a lot of chances. It felt like like in those first, you know, two three innings, um, we left seven people on base overall. Went one for nine in scoring position, and I felt a lot of that came in the first two innings. You know, the Mariners definitely had a shot, and we you know they just started leaving people on base again, you know, kind of been the, uh, the, the theme of the year. Um, it seems like so far offensively, um, back to pitching for a second. Trevor got, got the loss. Uh, he, he gave up a one run. It was an earned run and one, one, one inning pitched, gave up two hits, had one K brash and Murphy came in for the last two innings. Um, didn't give up a hit. K three people together. So, uh, you know they're looking pretty, pretty solid right now. Every time I look, Brash seems to be uh, moving his ERA down a little bit more and more. So yep. that's good to see because he's striking out a, a lot of people. Um, yeah, offensively though, uh, two, three, four, five, six, six hits that came from three people. Uh, Jared Kelnick uh, went two for four, had a run, two Ks, one left on base. Cal went two for four, had a home run, two RBIs, one uh, K. Um, Teoscar, man, we're gonna get into him in Saturday's game, but he didn't look great the first two games of this series. Uh, on Friday's game, he went zero for four, had three Ks, um, left five people on base. Not the return you want going back to Toronto. Um, I think the Toronto fans are pretty. Um, I wouldn't say generous towards him, but uh, his first at bat, um, Alec Manoa actually stepped off the mound for him just mm-hmm. because the fans were um, cheering for him. And, I, you know, on Sunday's game, he had a home run. I'm pretty sure the fans were cheering for him on Sunday, which was pretty cool to see. You know, so I, I, I feel like there's no love loss, but uh, um, I feel like right now they're, the Toronto fans are probably looking like um, – they won that trade with the, with Tay Oscar because um, Eric Swanson's looking pretty good right now. Yeah. I think that's probably the way that they're feeling. Um, 
I, I also wonder, I mean, Toronto's looking like a pretty good team overall anyways. Um, mm-hmm. So I get why they, why they probably made the trade for um, Eric at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, I guess they're probably feeling like they won it. Um, but Teoscar still had some decent moments for us this year. And oh, there's yeah. nothing to like, yes, he had a couple of rough games here and, you know, he got the golden sombrero, I think on the sun- Saturday game, the Saturday um, game, yeah. But, uh, and I, yeah, certainly he's not walking really at all, but, um, mm-hmm. I think some of his peripherals, some of his extra stuff, right? Like his, he's still hitting the ball pretty hard. I think like his expected weight on base percentage is still ticking up there a little bit. So I'm not overly worried about Teoscar at this point. I just think, you know, maybe he was, you know, maybe being back in Toronto and trying to do too much, I think um, probably factored into that, but I still think we're going to come back. We think we're still going to be happy about this trade. I think at the end of the season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, One other thing to note, because we've been noting it on every podcast um, that we've done since the season started uh, another grounded into double play. This one came from Ty France again. And it was actually a very, very big momentum killer. Was it the first or second inning? It was one of the first two innings. Um, But uh, I think that played a big factor in Scott deciding to sit Ty France in Saturday and Sunday's game. Um, Ty Ty France seems to be going through a very, very rough stretch right now. Um, In this game, he went 0 for 4, left four people on base. Um, he's, He's getting contact on the ball. He's just... He's putting it where people can get it. And unfortunately, when it comes into situational hitting with runners on base, especially with runners in scoring position, he's just not not bringing them in. Yep. And I don't really know what else there is to say about it. I think that you're kind of hitting it there on the head. I just don't know. Don't really know what he's going through right now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a struggle and. I think if if the Sunday game didn't go any differently, this would be a little bit of a darker tone podcast episode. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, since that Brewer series, things have things have really really struggled for a lot of guys on the offensive side of things. Um, mm-hmm. And don't know what it is. I feel like our swing and misses is just all over the place. We swung and missed thirteen times against Alex Manoa in the. Friday game and even more certainly in the Saturday game. So I don't know what it is, but it's, uh, it's tough. I just got them. So that's all I got to say about that. But yeah. 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 I, yep. I did see some jokes on the Mariner subreddit. Um, they were asking if uh, the Mariner stealth hired Tim Laker back <laughs> just because some of these guys are going through some very, very rough stretches at the plate. Um, you know, a lot of jokes are saying, Tim Laker's there. They need to fire him again. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Jared DeHart and is it Tony Onerich? I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they probably needed to bring the guys together at some point here soon. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I don't know. I don't know everything that goes into a hitting coach's job, but um, yeah, man, something's got to change. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to Saturday's game. Um, Saturday's game is the one that Easton McGee got Felix in. Um, Blue Jays ended up winning one nothing. Very, very quick game, two hours twenty one minutes. Um you know, overall, again, very I, I don't think Easton McGee had the only good pitching performance because I felt 
up until we got to Trevor Gott in um, in extra innings, I felt like the pitching staff looked really well. Um, Matt Brash only pitched uh, one-third of an inning, had a K. Topa came in for an inning, had two Ks. Seawald came in for an inning, had two Ks, got us to um, extra innings. But, you know, ultimately uh, the, uh, the anemic offense decided – it didn't want to uh, string together some hits in it. It really, you know, through the first nine innings, okay, I, I get, you know, it's tough to get people on base and bring them around. But it's really, really stressful when you get to the 10th and you get the Manfred runner on and you can't even bring him around. Like, that just, it sucks. That There's no other way to put it. It sucks. Yep. We How many times have we gone to extra innings this season already and we're not bringing around anyone in extra innings? Like, it's just, it's painful to watch sometimes offensively. Um, I, there's not even really any notes. We, we we didn't have any extra base hits. We had one, two, three, four, five, six hits on offensively, and all of them were singles. There was not an extra base hit in a lot of them. Um, it was just a very painful game to watch. It is, it is, and... You're hitting up. You're hitting a point that's just been a been a major struggle for the Mariners. And just pulled this up here, and it's inning seven through nine plus extra innings. The Seattle Mariners lead baseball in the number of strikeouts. Um, it's 108 strikeouts from innings seven through nine to extra innings right now, and they lead baseball. And when it comes to extra innings, um, in the most strikeouts as well right now, just 11. Right. Um, I, just, I, I think if you expand that too, from what I was hearing. If I remember correctly, we lead the MLB in case, regardless of inning. I think the Mariners lead all of baseball right now in strikeouts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. let me see real quick. Uh, we're so we're we're in number we're in number two. The Giants are the worst right now, so that and that might be factoring in something from today as well, but. Yeah. Doesn't make it doesn't doesn't make too big of a difference, anyways, right? It's still really bad, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I um, I don't like I said since the Brewer series, something just seems out of funk. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Just like something seems like there was some direction of like, hey, we're gonna try to swing more and score more runs or something, and then um, I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm feeling thus far. But it's just mm-hmm. uh, it's frustrating to watch. It's absolutely frustrating to watch. But then, uh, but then you get the Sunday game. But I don't know. Anyways, before before moving on to the Sunday game, uh, and speaking of strikeouts, two players earned the Golden Sombrero on Sunday. Cal Raleigh went zero for four, four Ks, three people left on base. Teoscar zero for four, four Ks, two people left on base. So that's all we have to say about Saturday's game because Saturday's game was terrible. Sunday's game though. Um, was a lot better. Um, we got Taylor Trammell back. Did you? I mean, honestly, I'm a I'm a betting man. I would not have bet Taylor Trammell's first at bat ended in a grand slam. Oh, not at all. Would no. not have would not have uh, guessed it in the slightest. No, would not no. have even thought it was an option. To be honest with you. So, yep. It um, it, it kind of the, the Sunday game had a little bit of everything. 
a lot of ups and downs because the Mariners um, first inning came out, hit uh, a grand slam. You know, Taylor Trammell comes back first to bat. Parks won, I think it was 420 or something down the right field line. Really, really big bomb. You know, started off on a good note. And then uh, Marco proceeded to give up um, give up some runs. He uh, His final line was three innings pitched, eight hits. Uh, he had eight runs, but only five of them were earned because we had a couple errors, um, including one, I think, by your, your favorite player, Colton Wong. Even though Colton Wong's hitting better. <laughs> um, one base on ball, two Ks, gave up a home run. And, uh, but then after that, you know, Murphy came in from there on and, and the pitching staff pretty much locked the rest of the game down. Um, you know, I think not only Taylor Trammell coming back and, uh, you know, having a grand slam and, and helping start the game off the right way. Um, I think Cal came in and had a, a very good bounce back game. He earned the golden sombrero on Saturday, Sunday. He comes in, has uh, two home runs, including the game winner. Um, you know, I, I was at work and I was listening to the radio broadcast and I thought Rick Riz had a pretty good call. Um, I infinitely feel like Aaron Goldsmith though had a better call on the second home run. Um, I don't know. Yep. I, I know we've, we've talked about it before, but I think Aaron Goldsmith is, uh, the Mariners best, um, best announcer, uh, in that booth, you know, a lot of love to, to Rick Riz and Dave Sims. Cause they've been there a while, but Aaron Goldsmith is, is the guy I want to hear every time the Mariners play. Yep. No, uh, right there with you, right there with you. Um, and I thought, uh, yeah, I think especially on that last cow, cow call was really good. Cow call. Um, but cow anyways, call. um, no, and I'm trying to remember, I thought that it, I thought it was just the Hegarty air, but I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering, but like, I know that, you know, I think Hegarty got a ball hit to him that he just overthrew Marco in that mm-hmm. play. And like, um, <clears throat> I don't know. You can look back now and like maybe hindsight's, you know, hindsight's perfect or whatever, but like maybe the fact that we didn't have like a, an established backup for base, first baseman was maybe a little bit of a, of a, of a roster blunder, maybe, I guess. Right. Like I know Sam Haggerty play has played a lot of places. Right. But like, I, I mean, I thought that was supposed to be Tommy Lastella. Tommy Lastella is a pinch hitter that doesn't hit. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, um, no, and um, you know I don't blame Sam Haggerty too much on that. I don't think it's his first his first position at all, right? And I think that role that he had was probably played a bit a little bit more for Dylan Moore, um, that kind of super utility guy. But anyways, I think the positives in this game still like um, I think just coming out of the two games that we previously had, this is an exact game that we kind of needed um, just to like mm-hmm. show that we could, um, I think battle back and this kind of flipped the script a little bit. We ultimately um, ended up uh, scoring more runs later in the game. Right. And the blue Jays ended up scoring no runs after the third inning. So very yep. positive to see that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, Looking at the lines here, I mean, Kel- Kelnick went 0 for 4, but did have two runs, uh, one base on balls. Um, Tio went 1 for 4, had a home run. 
Petram had the granny, went one for four. Um, Colton Wong went two for four. And, you know, since we're keeping track at home, grounded into double plays. The, 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 positive, the most positive thing we can say about Saturday's game is we didn't ground into a double play. Sunday's game, JP at the, the leadoff spot had a ground into double play. I don't remember what inning it was. So, again, another another GIDP. But, um, yeah, very, very positive game um, from offensive. It was a very good comeback was what it was. Yep. Because the Mariners were down, you know, 8-4, to four, battled back, and, and Cal capped it off. Um, you know, actually, it, it honestly was JP, you know, it, we – you know, we make fun because he had a, a double play, but um, he we're down. The Mariners are down to the last uh, out in the ninth inning. You know, they had almost closed it out, um, and JP came through. Um, Lostella got on base, and then Caballero uh, took over, and Caballero came from second to score on that JP hit to tie it up, and then uh, Cal Raleigh. Uh, came in and got the hit later on, but um, I I got a question for you, Bo. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I he he might not be hitting well, but I see more use in Jose Caballero right now than I do Tommy Lestella. Do you agree with that? I do, I do. I think there's. I don't know what I don't know what we're expecting from Tommy Lestella. Right. Like, is he, if he's supposed to be, I think maybe there was a thought that he would also maybe be a part of this like DH, I don't know, cycle through that the Mariners are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, right now, I don't, yeah, I don't see the use in Tommy Listella, Jose Caballero, um, at least can play a couple of different positions and give guys a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say that with Tommy Listella. Like I said, Tommy Lestella is a pinch hitter that doesn't hit. That's his role right now. And um, he's not even, you know, I wouldn't even want to put him in like the DH spot to try to give him multiple spots during a game. Cause like, it's just frustrating to watch. Cause I just don't know. I don't know what we're doing there. I don't understand the point of it. And um, maybe we just don't have somebody else that's going to come up or be that spot enough but like at this point i'd almost rather try to have mike ford play that role right mike ford could yeah. at least play first base could at least dh could at least maybe try to give us a competitive at bat which he's mm-hmm. given us some but like like i said he's a pinch hitter that doesn't hit like that's his role like he doesn't he can't play the field he can only hit and he's not even doing that so I don't know. I, I feel like he's got to be the next one to go right now off this, off this team. If something doesn't change, I could see the Mariners giving Tommy Lestella, maybe another gung ho, like a run at it, putting him in the DH spot and just seeing if they give him one more chance to see if it kind of works out of it. But like, he's probably mm-hmm. the next guy off. I would assume, you know, once, you know, I think Dylan Moore's still rehabbing, but he's eventually going to come back and mm-hmm. he's probably the next one to go unless something changes really quick. Yep. Yep. I will be, I will be shocked. I would not ever place a bet on that. Um, once Dylan Moore comes back, if Caballero is the one that gets sent down, you know, I think I think you're spot on. I think I think Tommy Lestella is most in danger right now, and uh, you know, it might be the spark we need when Dylan Moore comes in. You know, Tommy Lestella's out. Dylan Moore comes in and you know can play the field, 
provide us a spark, hopefully on offense. You know, he had a very good OPS plus last year, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We keep talking about Dylan more like he's going to be back by the next episode of the podcast. And, you know, he's getting delayed because he's, um, not getting healthy. He's not where they want him to be. It sounds like the last thing I heard, um, he's in Arizona or is he in Arkansas? He's, He's starting to rehab stint again. I think he's rehabbing in in Arizona right now. In Arizona, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess my question to you on that note um, is, what do we do at the DH spot right now? Because there's a good article on Baseball Perspectives talking about um, the Mariners having a DH problem, and mm-hmm. you know we've tried Listella, we've tried Hummel, we've tried. Um, you know, a guy that we thought was going to be more than what he has and AJ Pollock there thus far. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe Taylor Trammell is uh, maybe a little bit of a solution here too, but like what do you like the Mariners have had a historically terrible DH situation through the month of April. And there's like, I'll encourage everybody to try to look at this article. Like there's a lot of good stats on here about just how bad the DH situations be has been like, what do you think we should do with it going forward? Should we just kind of wait and see? But like, what are your thoughts on the designated hitter role right now? First thing I would do is, you know, I would call up Philadelphia and see if they can pry away Bryce Harper from the field. Oh, wait, sorry. This is a mm. fantasy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dang it. Um, I, You know, I don't have a good answer on that. I, I mean, at this point, it, it doesn't hurt going outside of the box at this point, you know, Mike Ford's having a good, a good, um, April in Tacoma, you know, good start to the season, maybe bring him up, see if he can do it. You know, um, no, it doesn't hurt. I mean, you, you can't expect any, any worse than, you know, trying to bring up Mike Ford. Um, ah, man, I don't know. I mean, if, if the Mariners are still in it, you know, come June, July, I would expect them to try to trade for another hitter. You know, it's kind of it's kind of bouncing back and forth with kind of how dire the Mariners' pitching, uh, you know, is, and you know now how hitting's kind of anemic. Yeah. I, I just I would expect them to go for both come the trade deadline if they're contending. But right now, in this moment, I think your best bet would be go Mike Ford, see if he can come up and hit. If he doesn't, well, you tried, you know, but anything, anything's got to be better than what we've been getting out of the DH spot right now. Nope. Fully, uh, fully agree. I think we're in lockstep there. Yep. Yep. I feel like we're, we're very much in agreement on a lot of things tonight, Bo. This is. Yeah, well, I guess we can. I guess how are you? Should we? Let's try to poke a little bit. Like I, I just, I'll just add. Colton Wong is batting. Colton Wong's been a little bit of the flip side mm-hmm. um, since uh, since April seventeenth, since that Brewer series. He's been a little. He's been. He's been not. I don't want to say hot, but he's been batting. Yeah, two sixty nine with a three forty five on base percentage and a ninety five weighted runs created. Uh, are you uh, are you a believer in Colton Wong coming back? How are you feeling? Hey, I I should flip that on its head and ask you because uh, you know last week you were you know you were calling for Colton Wong to be benched. Um, 
I think he's coming back and he's uh he's uh he's kind of finding his footing. Um I'll be interested to see, you know, that Brewers series was at home. I'll be interested to see what happens when the Mariners get back home and see if he can hit and T Mobile. Um but again, I I expect him to come around a little bit. 269 since April 17th isn't bad. Isn't shabby. But uh <laughs> I should ask you, Bo, what I see the smirk on your face here. How are you feeling on Colton Wong? <clears throat> I'm feeling I'm feeling better about Colton Wong. I think I think he's had a little bit of positivity, and I think things are moving in a better direction. I think that's the best way I will. Uh, I think that's the best way I will say it right now. And I, Oakland's I, I uh, Oakland's pitching staffs um, a little suspect, and we can probably move into it if you want, but. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful before, that before we, can we go in there, damage against them. But anyways, go ahead. Yep. Before we get in there, just just go back to what you're saying here about Colton Wong. I think on the list of problems that the Mariners have right now, I don't think Colton Wong's near the top of that list anymore. He could have been a couple weeks ago, but I think one A now is the DH spot. That's the biggest problem for the Mariners right now. One B is finding a suitable fifth starter. You know, actually, probably a suitable fourth and fifth, judging that, you know, Flexen's not doing well. Marco, again, he had one bad game, so we're not going to knock him. But, um, you know, trying to trying to find who can pitch behind Kirby Gilbert and, and Castillo would probably be 1B right now. But anyways, let's, let's go on to the A's preview here because, um, you know, just like we said with the Rocky series, this A's – um, athletic series should be one that the Mariners can get a sweep in, you know. Um, and with the Tuesday game, Bryce Miller's getting the start. You know, he's he's coming up, getting the start against Mason Miller, another another prospect that just brought got brought up in the ace system. Um, you know what what can we expect out on Miller, Bo? Um, Bryce Miller. I should say, because there's two Millers. But what should we expect out of Bryce Miller? Is he, you know, for for the casual fan that doesn't watch Double A, what what do you know of him, and what are we going to be seeing on Tuesday in Tuesday's game? Yeah, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of fastball heavy on Tuesday. Like uh, his fastball, I think, is his best pitch. Right, mid nineties fastball can you know, bump it up when he needs to, bump it up when he wants to. So I think you're going to see a lot of fastball. Uh, with a pretty dominating slider as well. And he probably will include the changeup a little bit here and there. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he's going to try to overpower the A's for the most part. Um, you know, I think the I think the one thing that just to keep in mind is that, um, <clears throat> yeah, the from you're talking about pitching, hitting, and fielding, um, the A's do two of those things really badly in pitching and fielding. But the A's offense is actually not as um, – well, I'll just say the A's offense has a better on base percentage, better, better weighted on base percentage, and a better weighted runs created than a uh, certain team from Seattle right now. Um, so I just uh, the A's the A's offense is not it's the A's offense can definitely pass. That's all I'm saying. Like they've got some pretty good parts pieces on there. There's the A's are just they keep on finding guys like Brent Rooker and a couple other guys that just kind of they pulled some people out of triple a that end up being workable serviceable you know solutions in the infield and the outfield so 
They have a couple guys on their offense that can do some damage. So I think it'll still be a pretty good test for Bryce Miller. Um, I think it'll be on the Mariners offense to, uh, to score a lot of runs in this series. And, you know, we'll just, I know that's been a struggle, um, you know, save for um, the Sunday game, but, uh, that's my hope is that we can kind of get a lot of runs behind him in this first game on Tuesday. Yep. I, you know, with the, with the pitching probables here, I think the Mariners have a very good shot at, um, at picking up the offense, you know, Mason Miller, um, you know, had a pretty good first outing for the the A's in his debut, but um, it's still young, you know. Um, second game, it's Gilbert versus J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears um, at one time was a pretty, I, I don't want to say highly regarded prospect, but hasn't really panned out in Oakland. And then, um, you know, Thursday's game is George Kirby versus uh, Drew Ruxinski, who uh, I don't even know. Um, I'm assuming the stats also point to him giving up a lot of runs. So I could be wrong. I probably should have researched that more. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to hit me with the stats, but um, a very three, very winnable ball games against three completely hittable pitchers. Yep. I think Mason Miller is still the one that we've got a, we've got a Miller matchup on Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, we should have come up with something creative for that. Um, but anyways, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Um, I think Mason Miller's got the call up Two young guys kind of going at it. Um, but to your point, like I said, um, the A's are also the worst fielding team in baseball right now when it comes to defensive run saves saved, like, uh, the Bears just need to put the ball in play and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just kind of let the A's do what they do, right? That's my hope. And um, I think on top of that, the A's bullpen's not been as good either. Um, so I'm just uh, I'm hopeful for a lot of runs in this series. Um, and we'll just uh, kind of get us back on track on the offensive side of things. That's what I'm hoping for. Yep. Yep. I think that Bryce Miller versus Mason Miller is probably going to be the best pitching duel this week, um, you know, or in this series. Uh, I really, I'm really excited for Thursday's game though. George Kirby. Um, I want to see what he does coming out of that Philadelphia game where he get, went eight strong, only gave up run, one run and, and basically got Felixed, you know, um, had a very good start and the offense couldn't produce. So I want to see, you know, what he brings to the table on Thursday. Um, you know, especially if the Mariners win the first two games, I think Kirby's going to be locked in, ready to go, ready to get that sweep, break out the broom. And so um, obviously all three games are going to be fun to watch, but I think that George Kirby starts going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to, I have a feeling, Bill, and I, I don't want to ever jinx it, but I got a feeling something spectacular is going to happen that day. Something spectacular is going to happen in front of, in front of 2000 fans. Can't, can't wait. What's your what's your over under on the attendance at these games, uh, Rick? What, what would you say? Uh, are we going Are we going over under two thousand? Um. Okay. Let's go announce attendance. So they'll probably announce like five thousand or six thousand or something. But what's your? Oh what's wait, your... What, way under the announce. Whatever is announced, you you <laughs> half that. Whatever you announce is half that. Uh, the only the only seven fans that'll be visible are the seven fans that are hanging those signs. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, the uh, the controversy, very air quotations here. The controversy 
Um, there was like seven or eight signs in right field the other day. Yep. And uh, I think it was Brent Rooker. Someone hit a home run. And so they hit the home run. And on the regular broadcast, you could see all those signs. All those signs saying to the owner, sell the team. You know, don't go to Vegas, all this stuff. Because they're, you know, the, the 2,000 fans that care about the team care that they're leaving Oakland. But um, MLB.com, when they did a, a replay of it, you know, they post highlights on their on their um, their website and their app. They cut the signs out. <laughs> and, yep. Uh, they, uh, yep. It was... They thought it wasn't going to get noticed. It caused up a, a big controversy. They ended up, I think, later on restoring the original shots. But, um, yeah, that was a uh, – I think that was the biggest thing to come out of the last week of Oakland A's games, you know, because they're not winning a lot of ball games. They're 5-23, and 23, um, bottom of the AL West. I mean, the Mariners aren't aren't too far in front of them with a 12-15 and 15 or 12-16 and 16 record. But um, yeah, it, it's getting spicy with the uh, with all the uh, moving to Las Vegas talks, and um, people are very very mad at that ownership group because um, they feel kind of abandoned and betrayed. And I see the other side of it where uh, you know there's a lot of people that say, "Well, you guys should have went to the games then," you know. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know. This is a Mariners podcast. And I would say that like, um, well, maybe they should have tried to put more work into the ballpark. Maybe they should have tried to make it a better uh, venue for people to go to rather than trying to make it like a dive bar. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, you're finding possums in the, the visiting <laughs> right? announcers booths. So, I mean, a possum in Oakland is real interesting. Right. I almost, it almost feels like someone set that thing loose. Just for the story. So I'm saying make an attempt to at least make it more hospitable there. Right. So well, anyways, yeah. did you, did you see last year when the fan, I think it was on Reddit, a fan went to the Oakland ballpark and they allowed him to, maybe it was a YouTube video. They allowed him to go wherever he wanted to sit because there was like 500 fans in the stands, but he went to the top of the Coliseum and he's kind of, he's looking around the top because all the seats are pretty, pretty janky up there but like there's a booth up there and i don't even remember what the booth's for but there's a bunch of holes in it like someone kicked holes and they never replaced it like then no one cared about the top of the stadium um and then yep. just a lot of the uh a lot of the other stuff just the basic stuff the bathrooms and stuff just didn't look great you know so i feel like that part's yeah. on on part the ownership group part you know, the people that own the building, because I don't think the A's, the A's don't own the Coliseum. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's partially public funded as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but anyways. You, one last thing before we, we, we bounce out of here. You think they rename whatever, uh, you know, they do in Vegas stadium wise. You think they name it Ricky Henderson Stadium again or Ricky Henderson Field? Um, I don't know. I feel like that whole situation is just a mess right now. And I don't even know what they're, I don't even know what the stadium is there now. And we actually did it wrong last week. They're no longer the 51s. They're the aviators now. So 
just remember. Oh, wow. The aviators. Um, I don't even know what it's called now, but, um, and who knows what kind of stadium maybe they're even going to get. I feel like it's, it's a, the plan is kind of just we're moving to Vegas and hopefully it all kind of falls together. So I'm sure that Vegas is going to build them something that's absolutely spectacular. Like they did the Raiders football stadium, which I'm sure that'll turn Oakland into, or excuse me, the future Las Vegas A's that'll turn him into what has become of the Raiders and the golden Knights and hockey. Um, where they will have their regular fan base that comes in. A lot of tourists are going to go to games just because they can. Yep. Vegas, you can get a lot of comped stuff and free stuff. So I don't necessarily feel a lot of their fan base are going to be there when they eventually move. So Probably right. Probably right yep. there. Yep. yep. Well, that's today's show. Um it was a fun one. And, uh, you know, even though the Mariners lost two or three against Toronto, I think we have a very good chance to bounce back. Bo, before we go, do you got any, uh, any words of wisdom, pearls of wisdom or anything you want to get off your chest? Um, I don't think so, man. That Everett team is a lot of fun. I'll say this every single week. I've got to, got to get up there and watch the Everett team. Everett team's hitting the ball. Well, Jonathan plus um, Harry Ford, Tyler Locklear. The team's a lot of fun. Um, follow them if you can. Watch them if you can. They're a lot of fun. We need to get up there sometime. I'll leave it at that. You know what? I wonder... I wonder if I... You know, one of these days when I get up there for a Mariners game, maybe we'll uh, we'll double dip. And if Everett's in town, we'll uh, we'll go see an Everett game too. I like it. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Work in progress. So... Anyways, that is it for the show. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific, Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday.